and it's real and I can't lie. But when I'm being someone else, that is real. You know, that is like yes. the truth. It's not lying to me. And so when I'm in front of people and I have like a mask of someone else, I can do anything. That's Kelsey, actor, lover of musical theater, grad student in psychology, and my emotionally mature office manager. She pressed pause on acting until it felt fun again, and now has her heart set on starting a theater company and opening a space sometime in the future. Her positivity and drive are contagious, so I'm thankful she keeps us organized while she spins so many plates of her own. I'm Angelica. Stay tuned for my weekly chat. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Angelica. Thanks for joining me on Chatty Crafties, a show where I celebrate my creative friends to get inspired by everyday art. Um, We sometimes do a weekly inspiration as like the first segment, which I didn't warn you about just a second ago. Yeah, no worries. (laughs) Um, And it's just kind of to like get the conversation going, get comfortable on the mic, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, And I'll go first. Uh, My inspiration this week was working on this baby blanket that I posted about on the Chatty Crafties Instagram. And it's just been a while. It's been a hot minute since I've worked on a blanket. Mm -hmm. And it felt really good to like get out fabric and like see what matches and um, just kind of piece it together and feel like I've gotten better at it yeah (laughs) that's a nice feeling (laughs) yeah to have that moment where it's like oh I'm progressing even though Mm -hmm. this is a very simple project Mm -hmm. I felt like I was getting a little better um what about you my weekly I think it was seeing Mary Poppins Mm -hmm. return I don't know it like lit that musical theatery bug in me I was like oh I want to dance like lamplighter and you know it made me miss tap dancing which I did growing up and I don't know and like seeing Dick Van Dyke come out spoiler alert I guess um (laughs) But I thought, I don't know, it was just so cool. He's like 90 and he was dancing and like singing and I don't know. I, still I think, doing it. Yeah, just that, I don't know, it transcends. Like Mary Poppins is still relevant and how long ago was that shot? Yeah. And that it still meant something to everyone. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. My boyfriend did not like it. <gasps> Scandalous. Well, he has a hard time with things that don't have like a real plot. Uh-huh. That was a very loose plot. So musicals, I think sometimes he has a hard time because he's like, well, what's the point? What's what's happening? I don't I don't get it. So, um, but whatever. He's an engineer. <laughs> it doesn't have to be his thing. Exactly. But yeah, we saw it too this week and I totally got the same teary-eyed moments in it. Where I was like, that was just a really good movie. I got super weepy. And I thought Emily Blunt was really good. Yeah. I was proud. I thought she took ownership of it, but also paid homage to Julie Andrews, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Because mm-hmm. that's difficult. I can't imagine trying to copy a yeah. Julie Andrews. To like take on such an iconic role. Yeah. Crazy. Well, so we work together. We do. And we've talked about how you go on auditions and you're mm-hmm. into theater. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your theater background. I've been acting since I was in, I want to say I was like seven or eight. Um, I was super shy when I was younger. I, I was still creative and I liked acting things out and being dramatic in the confines of my own home. But being in public, I was super awkward and didn't really like talking out in front of people. So my mom put me in an acting class at Kids Acting, which is actually still a thing in Austin. Um, I have friends who work there now, which is a very like whole (laughs) circle of life thing. So I I don't even remember exactly what the class was. I think it was something like making commercials or something silly like that. Um, 
And I don't know. I just, like, I really took to it. And I, I think I appreciated what hiding, behind, not hiding, but, like, um, it was easier for me to be outgoing and outspoken when I was someone else as opposed to myself. And it made me, I don't know, just learn how to interact and how to engage and how to connect with people in a different way. So I started doing it then. I wasn't super serious into it. It was just kind of like a fun thing after school. And then in sixth grade, I started doing, um, oh my God, I'm, I don't know, theater production. Is that what it was called? It's something you had to audition for mm-hmm. at my middle school. And I was like, I'll just do it. And I got in. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not terrible. Um, and so then I started doing more kids acting shows. So I did a whole bunch of musicals like Grease and West Side Story and Little Shop of Horrors, The Velveteen Rabbit. I did all these things. Um, and then I was like, oh, I like singing too. So I started taking voice lessons and doing that. And then I just kind of kept cultivating it. And all throughout high school, I was always in drama and I was always doing the shows. And it was kind of more musical theater driven until I hurt my knee because dancing. Did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I no. Yes, I um, was a dancer and I already, it's just bad for your knees in general. Mm-hmm. And then I fell off of a playscape as a sophomore in high school, <laughs> super cool <laughs> and I, uh, my kneecap popped out, and so I just, like, yeah, it's gross, so I couldn't really dance anymore, not to, like, go into musical theater, so when I was thinking about going into college, acting was kind of the only thing, because a lot of musical theater programs are very dance-heavy, and um, that was something that I just knew I couldn't sustain, so yeah, I auditioned for acting programs, and I got into a whole bunch of really great ones. I, and I ended up going to SMU, which is in like the top 10 BFA programs in the country, which was amazing. And yeah, I mean, that's like my background in a nutshell. Yeah. And what was your first big role? Because as a lead, you were telling me about one the other day. What was it? This is about to sound like I've done a lot of leads in play. <laughs> You're like, come on. <laughs> I'm trying to think. My, I feel specific. like my first one was... I was a fairy godmother in Cinderella, which I was pretty stoked about. Oh, nice. My first lead lead, though, was probably, it was honestly probably in high school, my senior year, when I was, um, oh my god, what's the main girl's name in Footloose? Ariel. Okay. And that's what you were telling me about because you were on the news in the morning. Yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was telling you about. Yeah. Okay. We, we sang on like KI. I'm yeah. Super awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You mentioned that the theater department, and I guess it was at SMU, mm-hmm. um, asked you to go blonde. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you feel about creating a look to be more available for roles? Yeah. I mean... So it's kind of the shitty thing about being an actor in general is that you just kind of have to mold to what, at least to have your full-time career be that, which I have now since pushed back and I'm just doing theater here. But yeah, it was definitely weird. I, I kind of was into it because my whole family's blonde and I was the only one that was brunette and I was uh-huh. like, great, I can just look more like my family. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it is weird to, for them to be able to be like, change your look and you're like okay mm-hmm. and like what my look wasn't proper enough for a role it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a strange feeling but I think especially when that's what you want to do you just kind of do whatever you need to I mean people just do the shittiest stuff to be able to you know like lose weight like I was I auditioned for like a modeling agency and they were like you just need to lose like, like a couple inches in your thighs and I'm skinny ah. yeah and I was like okay um so oh. that, that whole industry is just rough yeah. It's rough, rough, rough. And you kind of just have to do what they tell you if you yeah. really want to make it. Because you get feedback after every audition. Is that mm, right? Or It kind of depends. I mean, like, theater and film are such, like, different beasts. I mean, 
there's still an element of it in theater, but it's way less extreme, I think. Um, okay. But, like, I wouldn't say you get feedback very often. It's more just if they want you, they'll be like, would you mind losing a few pounds or would you mind and you're dying like, your, shaving your head you, off? But yeah. Okay, or, <laughs> yeah, but you, then you really have to sit there and be like, how bad do I want it? And would you actually get it if you do those things mm-hmm. like it's is it I mean, a promise that you get the role if you honestly I've never really been in that situation I think it very much so depends on who it is and like what the circumstance is I mean I would like to hope that if they make you do all these things that they would give it to you but I'm sure that is not always the case right and so you have done both then film mm-hmm. and theater yeah. and you went to LA mm-hmm. you lived in LA mm-hmm. to give it a go mm-hmm. when was this that was right after I graduated with my BFA I moved with one of my best friends Nina and uh we just drove straight from Dallas there and did it um I have like a kind of warped perception of that whole time I think I pretty immediately knew that I didn't want to do it as a career mm. I was like I'm a little too type a like I like to know I have a paycheck coming and I like to know like I can go out to dinner if I want to or I can go on a trip if I save up you know and I I, a lot of my friends who are acting full-time god bless them they like never know if they can do anything I mean Mm -hmm. it's constant paycheck to paycheck and I was just like I don't think I want this like I like acting I love acting but I I don't think that this is the type of life that I want to live is constantly I want to be creative and I want to be on stage but I don't want this to be my entire existence Mm mm-hmm But also, at the same time, my mother was sick in Austin, so I was kind of not fully there Okay. the whole time. I mean, I was very hyper-concerned about being back home, so I feel like I didn't give it my all. And I did well. I mean, I was going on auditions. I was booking things. I was a dead body on Criminal Minds. Were you? (laughs) Do you have an IMDb page? I do. I'm not sure. I don't think my dead body credit is there. (laughs) But I did. I do have an IMDb page. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. I think. Yeah, I don't think there's photos of me on it anymore because you have to pay to have, like, your photos on it. Really? And I stopped doing that, obviously. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I felt like I was half there and half not. And um, eventually I ended up moving back after only, like, eight months of living there just because my mom was getting sicker. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think anything would have been different. I don't – I didn't like it. It was certainly exacerbated by the fact that my mother was sick. But – I think I would have, like, stayed the year and then probably come back and mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to really have, like, a objective view on, like, how that time went because it was very emotional for me. Yeah, very tainted by mm-hmm. And I was that. getting over, like, an eating disorder because that's what L.A. does to you. Because they, like, lose inches when yeah. you're like, how? Yeah, and then you do, and then you look gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so coming back to Austin, did you – I mean, you're obviously still going on additions, so mm-hmm. – What was the difference when you came back here? Well, when I came back here, immediately it was more just being with my mom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she ended up passing. So just cultivating that time with her before that happened. Um, Here, it's just, I love it here. Like, I love the theater scene here. And what I think I like most about it is that everyone is a human as well as an actor. Like, I feel like in L.A. and New York, you kind of... Your identity is being an actor, and that's, like, all you relate to. And I went to so much therapy when I wasn't acting full-time, and I was like, who am I? It's, like, not an actor. That's, like, how I've always – I've been like, hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm an actor. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, hi, I'm Kelsey. I 
am in school to be a school psychologist. I also work in administration and I'm an office manager and also I act. And like, yeah, I was like, that just doesn't sound cool. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't like have that ring to it or whatever. Um, But I do, I just think everyone here has a day job. I mean, nobody really can survive here. And like, I make money acting here. It's just like, you know, can't pay your rent doing it. Mm -hmm. But everyone's just like, I don't know, they're just really interesting people and they're doing it because they love it. And I feel like when you're doing it as your career, sometimes you can lose that passion for it. I certainly did. I took a very long break because I was like, I don't love it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I love it. It I shouldn't hate going to rehearsal or hate doing a show. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what I like about it here. And it's a really tight-knit community. Um, I wish we had more theater spaces, but... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you like being around other actors then? Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, I have most of my friends, you know, all my friends from college are actors. My very best friends don't act anymore. Mm -hmm. One of them is a professional horseback rider, which we always knew that was like her passion. She had brought a horse to undergrad. Like she brought her horse to keep training. That's pretty adorable. Yeah. And then my other friend is a director. So she's still in theater, but different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I love being, yeah, I do. Especially here. I don't know if I would like it necessarily in LA or New York. Mm -hmm. I think I... People like to think they're very self-absorbed and like to talk about themselves and it's all very like, what can you do for me? And that's a stereotype and that is not everyone, obviously, but um, Mm -hmm. I definitely saw that in LA and I was like, nope. Right. Nope. Do you like collaborating? Yes. I love it. That's one of my, one of my favorite things that I ever did was actually, it was the summer before my senior year of high school. I did this thing called Cherubs at Northwestern University. They, They have it for like music, dance, acting you audition for it and um they have like I don't even know how many people are there maybe like a hundred people from like all around the country come and you like put on a play and like it's a very collaborative process and I did this show there called Columbine it was about uh-huh Columbine. yep and um it was the coolest thing I think I've ever been a part of purely because I remember at the end like we created this beautiful thing we were like this is either really fucked up and nobody's gonna think this is like they're gonna just feel really like why did I watch this this is like irrelevant or it's gonna like bring something back up and um I remember at the end of the show everyone was just silent (laughs) the audience was completely silent and just like staring and then at like 30 seconds we were like standing there like and then they started clapping and like we got a standing ovation and that was they were just still it, like, in processing it. it. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually been in another show that I was just in, Significant Other, uh, with Jarrett Productions here in Austin. And um, there was a similar vibe. People at the end were quiet. Wow. Didn't want to clap because they were like, it's over. That's it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I love, cre- I love creating. I think the greatest thing is bonding with a cast and like being proud of the work that you did together. I think shows where you don't bond and you're not collaborative and you're not helping each other in some way I think you can tell and it's not as good Mm. Mm -hmm. how do you feel after a show who I mean I feel like it depends on the show um when I'm in like a dramatic like I was in Yankee Tavern a little less than a year ago and that was a big emotional just like the end was just me like weeping a lot oh gosh uh, you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also weirdly jazzed and, like, weirdly pumped. I mean, the adrenaline you get from acting, at least me, especially in front of an audience, is, like, extreme. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird, like, I'm emotionally drained, but I'm also, like... On a performer's high. On a performer's high. I typically will go and get, like, one drink and then want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I need something to just, like, be like, 
done. Calm down. Yeah. But then I was just in a comedy. Well, it was like a comedy drama. Significant other, the one I was just talking about. And uh, I mean, the my friend Will, who played the lead character, I could tell was like exhausted because he had so much. But I was kind of like the the funny role or like the mm-hmm. comedic relief. So after those shows, I was like, let's go out. Like, I'm really stoked because people were just laughing at me. You know? Yeah. And that's, I was just zinging lines and that's all. So it definitely depends. But I always feel very happy and grateful that I still get to do it and that I get paid to do it and that I get to act here. And I mean, so many of my friends can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're in harder markets. But how do you recharge after a show? I don't do a show for a little bit. <laughs> I take like four take months, five months off, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I do you mean after just after I end a show or? I mean, kind of both. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I typically just go home to my boyfriend and lay on the couch with my dog and watch Great British Bake Off or something very <laughs> yeah. mindless, like something that is not does not require a lot of my mental capacity. Doesn't require you to be on in mm-hmm. any capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and the, but then after I finish a show, I just don't. I, it's the only way that I think I can like continually still love it is I just take a little break, and I don't audition for things I don't want to be in. I feel mm-hmm. like I used to audition for every single thing that came up, and then I was like, no, that's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. don't waste your time on something that you're not gonna fully enjoy because then it feels like a chore. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. So you'll do one show, and that'll last maybe a month. What is the run? Typically in Austin, runs are about a month. I think Zach's are a little bit longer. I want to say they're like six, seven weeks or something like that. Um, but most are four, so about a month. And they typically are in rehearsal about a month before that. Um, okay. The show that I'm about to start in two weeks, it's actually a longer rehearsal process. So it'll be like two rehearsals a week as opposed to four for like a couple weeks and then three. So it's more staggered. Um, and this is the first one I've done like that, but typically it's like a really intense month and then you open. And so you basically do two shows a year? Two to three. Okay. It kind of depends. Like I was in three last year, but I was an understudy for one. So it wasn't quite as like an intense process for me because I didn't have to be there all the time. I was in a show, but it definitely was less stress. Yeah. Until I realized I had to go on. And then I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I've been coasting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so you work here part time. Mm-hmm. Then you have school. Mm-hmm. And then you have rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're just doing stuff all the time. Yeah. I. Uh, or at least during your on season. Yeah. It's definitely another reason why I can't do it all the time. Um, I just kind of, I don't know. I think undergrad set me up for it really well because we would have you know a class all during the day and then we would rehearse from six to ten for like a main stage show that we were in and then we were always in student productions because that's when you get to do the stuff you really want to do like the really edgy play you know and so then that rehearsal is from 10 to 12. Oh my gosh. So my whole day was quite literally like I would have like an hour to eat. I don't want to live my life like that always, <laughs> but I do think that it gave me a very disciplined, um, I don't know, I just I just can do it. I just can compartmentalize, and I think I can be recharged because I feel like I look at something like, I'm at work, and I'm fully here, and then it ends, and mm-hmm. that's one part of my day, and then I'm, as opposed to being like, this day is so long, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm completing. Yeah. I also love planners, purely for that reason. <laughs> You're like, like, what am I doing to... next? Yes. Doing this. Yes, yes, very much so. That's great that you can compartmentalize and not 
feel like you're dragging stress from one thing into the next. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Day. Some days I like have major breakdowns, and I'm like, why am I doing this? This is the stupidest thing I've ever done, and <laughs> I don't even get to see my boyfriend, and I live with him. Like mm-hmm. that's a super because you know he works a nine to five, so I'll get home from rehearsal, and he's like going to bed, and then we see each other in the morning, and it's so that's hard. Yeah, making time together. Yes. So what is your future goal with acting once you kind of finish up grad school and kind of get into your full-on professional yeah. career? Um, what I really want to do, and my friend Will and I have actually been talking about this for future, is I really want to get a space, a theater space here, and start a company and not... We have plenty of companies in Austin that are amazing. That's just why I think we both want to have a space that we can rent out to other people and give them that opportunity too. So I want to have something where we always have auditions and are always looking for new people. Um, so that's the ultimate goal. You know, uh, my friend Will, his family is in real estate. Um, and then I am fortunate and unfortunate to yeah. have had my parents pass. So I have a little bit of savings. So it'd be a cool thing to invest in. Um, so that's something we've talked about. But I just want to keep working. You know, I started working with Hyde Park Theater. That's where I understudied. And that was a really great foot in the door of a great company. And, you know, Ken Webster, who's the artistic director, is incredible. And I admire him very much so. So I would love to keep working with them more. I cultivated a pretty good relationship with him. And I think he's wonderful. So I hope to work with him more. There's other theater companies that I've, you know, kind of just now, like, started meeting and, you know, getting my foot there. So... I would love to just keep working with new companies that I haven't been able to and that I admire their work a lot, um, like Street Corner Arts, Cap T Theater, and, you know, I would say I would love to be at Zach, but they don't do a lot of straight plays. They do a lot of musicals. Oh, sure. So, But yeah. you're taking voice lessons, right? I just started back. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> it's like a muscle that I have not worked on in such a long time. My, uh, I'm actually taking voice lessons with my friend Andy Hager, um, who is amazing and fabulous. But I, like, had my first one back two weeks ago. <laughs> he was like, okay, we're not, we're not working with nothing. He was like, you, you have a good voice. It's just, like, gotten lazy. Which oh, is, interesting. It's weird. I mean, like, my vowels, which is something that's so critical in singing, have just, like, died. Like, I just, like, <laughs> they're so lazy. And, like, I don't know. It's also weird because I feel like I sound really good in my car. And the second I have to, like, yeah. perform in front of somebody, I'm, like... Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. just like tense up and that's kind of always how I was with singing though like I I get so exponentially more nervous singing than I do acting huh so up on stage doing a play playing Mm -hmm. a role you don't get nervous I will get nervous like one second before I go on typically like Uh like just little jitters and like one of my favorite acting teachers Michael Connolly told me he was like if you ever stop getting nervous before you go on you shouldn't be acting anymore because then you don't care Oh. Yeah. So I get like a tiny like little pinge of, oh my God. But like, then once I go on, I'm out there. pretty fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I, unless like, I don't like to know when reviewers are in the audience just because that messes with my head. Uh-huh. Or anyone important. Like for example, Stephen Dietz, who's one of my favorite playwrights and he was teaching at UT. He actually just stepped down. But I've loved him since like college and I was in Yankee Tavern, that show he wrote. Okay. And... He came to the last show, because he lives here, and he's part-time here and part-time in Seattle, and he's, like, the most produced playwright in the country. I mean, he's incredible. And he was there. And I didn't know, thank God. Yeah. Everyone else knew, but everyone knew he was my favorite, so nobody told me. 
<laughs> there's all these pictures of me because then um, our director Norman came out and he was like and the playwright Stephen Dietz is here and somebody took pictures of my face and it just like <laughs> fell into horror and like amazement and like I just started weeping <laughs> it was like so much I love it I love it because yeah there is a lot knowing who's out there but if you're like okay these are just faces there are a couple times when I went on stage for um, Testify. Have I told you about that in mm-hmm. the office? I think you might be interested in it. Um, my friend Kate Caldwell, who was in one of the early episodes of the podcast, I want to say it was episode three, she and a couple other producers created this show. And it's uh, on once a month. And you go and you tell a story. So it's not acting per se oh God, that sounds horrifying to me. that <laughs> sounds not like a your... scary scary i do not like being myself in interesting i do yeah. not like giving presentations in class i get very nervous i do not know like in graduate school everyone's like oh kelsey like she's gonna present and they, everyone knows i was an actor and nobody else is right so they're like this is just gonna be yeah i'm just so for nervous you. huh i mean i think i pull it off but i think that I don't know why. I think I just feel safer hiding behind someone who's not me. That was going to be one of my questions. If there are moments where you're like, okay, just being on stage is fine. Or if it's, you've got a mask on. Oh, it's totally got a mask on. I mean, it definitely like, you know, it goes back to like acting theory. You see, you know, people often equate acting to lying or like, you know, like being not yourself. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, you're an actor. You must be a really good liar. I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> I'm a really bad liar because... It's about you. It's about it's me personal. and it's real and I can't lie. But when I'm being someone else, that is real. You know, that is like yes. the truth. It's not lying to me. And so when I'm in front of people and I have like a mask of someone else, I can do anything. I mean, like I have done some... I've made out with women, pulled up their tops, like, in front of my mother. Like, you know, things that were just, like, horrifying to her, not me, or the world. Yeah. But, like, simulated sex in a show. I mean, it was like some – I mean, I've done some weird things, and that does not embarrass me. But standing up there and talking about a presentation is horrifying to me. Hmm. See, I I feel being on stage and trying to, like, capture – um, a character, I feel like I'll lose track of that character and end up back in myself somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that is a little bit more terrifying for me. Um, but being up on stage and like telling a story that I know really well, like I found that incredibly fun. And so going up on stage, I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then I would go and tell my story. And then afterwards, like, whew, sweats and, you yeah, know, I, I the adrenaline. I want to do that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think if I went into it with the mindset of like, I'm performing as like Kelsey, but slightly more exuberant. You know, if, uh-huh. I, if I, I had some sort of like way to mind trick myself into it, I would probably be okay. And not saying I couldn't do it. Like I've done it. I just, mm-hmm. it's not my fave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does acting give you an emotional outlet? Oh yeah. And does that help with your um, school psychologist role because you have to like absorb what people are giving you and oh, this yeah. gives you a way to like get it out catharsis I think in a lot of ways to me like in graduate school we talk a lot about self-care and you know like especially in this profession you're taking on a lot that's not yours to hold and the way to be a good psychologist is to be able to separate yourself from it because otherwise if you can't be objective or you know um 
you're taking it all on, then you're not healthy, and then you can't really make healthy decisions for other people. So in school, we talk a lot about, you know, taking that time to, like, take a bubble bath and drink some wine and, you know, turn it off or, you know, go see a movie and shut off your phone and, you know, don't read your case files and all of that. And Mm -hmm. to me, like, I think going to rehearsal is that because I grew up and I still do and take medicine for anxiety. And, um, I love how vocal you are about that. Oh, I I tell everyone, I'm like, Prozac is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember when I started going to therapy after my mom died, I'd been in it, in and out, but that was like my more intense period of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, the only time I'm not anxious is when I'm acting. Mm. Like, that is the only time. I mean, and nowadays, now that I'm on medication, it's a little bit different. Um, but that's the only time I'm quite literally thinking about nothing else. Because you really can't. You're, like, doing the lines, and you're in the moment, and you have to really be that person. And um, you don't really have an opportunity to be like, Ugh, I didn't go to, you know, I didn't get my laundry done today. And, like, my boyfriend's mad at me, and this is all the reasons. You know, you just you can't think about it. Yeah. It's kind of the same way about, like, reading a book to me. Like, you can't focus on anything else but reading the page and, like, comprehending it. Mm-hmm. But that's how acting is to me. So I do think it is a really good outlet, particularly because I'm prone to being quite a dramatic and emotional. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've worked really hard in my three-and-a-half-year relationship to not, you know, when we fight, for some reason, I'm like, I want to turn this into this, like, boss, like, huge, like no how dare you you know and that's like not healthy nor is it nor is it like the correct way to interact it's Um, interesting that you can get really logical on it so you're like studies in psychology you're like taming your dramatic side as well it's horrible because the thing about it is like I go into therapy and I'll be like this and this and this is what's wrong with me and this is why I'm doing it so I can tell them everything yeah they kind of just like okay so what are you gonna do about it yeah <laughs> because you've diagnosed yourself I mean I went in I remember when I got my like medication the first time I walked into my psychiatrist and I was like I have generalized anxiety disorder <laughs> he was like oh do you and I was like yes I have the DSM I know what I have you can look it up but that's what I have and at the end he was like well you're right yeah sounds, sounds about right <laughs> but to answer your question yes it, it is definitely an emotional outlet and it is nice to um I think more than anything, not even so much emotional, I think it's just a time to turn my brain off from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that in of itself makes it healthy. Because even when I'm like sitting at home, having a glass of wine, I still think about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's still in the back of my brain. But when I'm acting and on stage, I don't. And that's time for me. Yeah. You are also vocal about uh, losing your parents. Mm-hmm. And... I take great comfort in that because I'm pretty vocal about um, losing my friend Basil. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it feels really good to talk about the loss and not like keep it inside. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever tap into those emotions in acting, the loss? So there's all these different acting theories about whether you're supposed to use your real life to garner Mm -hmm. that emotion or if you're supposed to just be in the moment and be that character and that's where you – and because you're – so in the moment, you feel the feelings that they would feel, and you don't have to pull from, like, your everyday life sort of thing. Oh, okay. So it's like, there's, like, Meisner and Stanislavski, and they kind of have different views on the whole thing. I try not to pull from it. Uh, I will in the sense that I try to um, understand where people are coming from with grief. But I try not to, because first off, grief is so different for everyone. You know, it's, like, uh-huh. so impossible to, like... I mean, I 
was very stoic and just got things done and then would have an emotional breakdown every day. But like some people, you know, do drugs and stuff. And so to me that like, that's not something that I understand as a coping mechanism, but I do understand loss. But I think if I was to tap into that, it would be super unhealthy. Uh huh. It, it's, it's the same people who I know have been through like a sexual assault and they'll be in a show where, you know, something of that nature comes up or their character has to deal with that. And if they tap into that too much, like, it's like how Heath Ledger passed. You know, if you put yourself in a really, really bad emotional state and you're pulling from true life experiences and you're constantly living in that, mm-hmm. there's no way you can be emotionally healthy. Right. And our acting teachers always talk about at the end of the day, take off your costume and you're done. That's not you. So, so you- I try to bring as little of me, at least my real life experiences as possible because I'm so fine talking about it and I try, especially because I'm so young and a lot of people who... I don't know a lot of kids my age who've lost – I'm not a kid. I need to stop <laughs> Adults my age who've lost parents that young. Mm-hmm. So when someone does, I always want to be there for them and be like, it's a really complicated feeling. But I just – I think for some reason that feels safer because I'm not having to explore it every single – like I'm able to turn it off. If I was in a show and I'm constantly going there, I think it would put me in a very weird mm-hmm. place. And don't get me wrong. If I'm doing one where like – I haven't been in a show where, like, my mom dies. So I haven't had to, like, fully confront that hmm. in Do that you way. avoid those roles then? No. I, they, it honestly just hasn't come up. Uh-huh. I mean, I think I would have to sit, pause with myself and be like, are you ready for this? I mean, like, there's some movies mm-hmm. I still don't let myself watch, like, wild. And anything where, uh, like, Lady Bird, which I heard is amazing, but there's, like, a mom and daughter dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friends are pretty good about if they see a movie and they're like, eh, you know, uh-huh. I would hold off. In dad movies, I can do because my dad passed away so much, like, when I was a freshman. I mean, a senior in high school. So that's, like, almost 10 years ago. Uh-huh. So that one, I'm a little... I can do more dad things, but mom things, I think it's a little still too fresh, even though it's been almost four years. I still, like, yeah. have a very... But I wouldn't avoid it. I think it's something that's beautiful and something that I think I could even learn from doing if I was able to not make it about myself every night and make yeah. it about them. That makes a lot of sense. You can kind of be empathetic with it mm-hmm. without it being you up there. I think you have an easier way in is the thing. I think you have an easier way of understanding it. But I do think that that could create a very unhealthy you if you were to make it yourself every night. Yeah, for sure. Are you into improv? No. <laughs> is that kind of like putting yourself <laughs> oh, man. out there? As I'm well? so not great at it. I actually took an improv class at Cold Town Theater, uh-huh. like right down airport. Amazing, like amazing program, all this stuff. And like one of my best friends growing up, Mason, he's really into improv in town. I just couldn't do it because you have to be so on your toes about, I don't know, I like having a script. I don't know what I'm getting into, but... I also feel super vulnerable because I feel like I have to be funny, which is totally the opposite of what they teach you to do. They teach you to be very stone cold and just to respond. But I remember I was in level one, it's like two, three years ago. And um, <laughs> the teacher was like, you need to stop acting. Oh. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to go on stage and like, just like not like, and to just like accept when something messes up and be like, ha 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 ha. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really difficult for me. It's a totally different. I admire so strongly anyone who can do that. It is just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've interviewed 
a couple of, I want to say three improv actors, uh-huh. um, mostly because I know Aaron is the husband of one of my dear friends, Genevieve. And so he's gotten several improv uh-huh. actors in here uh-huh. that he acts with. And every time I'm like, how do you do it? it no, sounds I mean, it sounds, it's scary. I mean, and I, I love do. seeing improv. I love it. But God, it's so scary. And yeah, I ended up not going past level one. Not that they wouldn't have allowed me to, but I was just like, you know what? <laughs> this is not my thing. Yeah. I'd rather be in a play. I tried. That's awesome that you tried it, though, and did something that made you uncomfortable to see how it went. Oh, yeah. It makes you super uncomfortable. If you really want to just sit with yourself mm-hmm. and just let yourself feel awkward, you should do improv. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything new that you want to try that you haven't? done yet hmm I do want to try and do musicals again I loved doing them it's funny because like at Zach when I first got back I auditioned for them more than I I, I haven't in like three years I want to say but um I would always get a call back but then I wouldn't get a role like that, it's almost like I was like good enough to get past stage one but not so I would like to do that more mm-hmm. and like even just you know I think singing the the gift of being able to tell a story through your voice and like you know, a, a song is beautiful. And I mean, I admire people who can do that. And I would love to be able to do that because I think some of the most beautiful acting I've seen have been in musicals with just pouring your heart out in a song. Besides that, I, you know, I wish I could draw and I can't at all, mm. but I, I love coloring and those like anxiety color, coloring yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I could do that. Um, definitely not something that I, I got a B minus and I think it was like seventh grade art. That they were like stuck with you. No, well, they were like you didn't try, and I was like, I did. I just like, <laughs> I'm just not good. Like, I really tried really hard. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. But you have an agent. I did. You did have an agent. I don't anymore because I don't really care to do commercial auditions. Oh, okay, and that's why you would need an agent. Yeah, I mean, and Austin used to be a much bigger film city than it is. I think it was something like three years ago with tax credits because uh-huh. Austin used to give really good tax credits for anything filming here, which is when like Friday Night Lights was here and mm-hmm. they also shot American Crime Story here. It just all kind of moved because of the tax credits. So now a lot of things shoot in New Orleans and New Mexico. Um, because the tax credits are no longer available. They took them away. Greg Abbott did. Oh, thanks um, Greg Abbott. Thanks Greg. And I mean, I might be wrong in saying that, but I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. So there's just not as much. Um, Dallas actually is, has more things shooting there than Austin does which is interesting. Yeah. I don't know why, but That's my friends surprising. used to live there. Um, but yeah, I don't have one anymore. I mean, I loved my agent. It was super great. And I like got in the room of a lot of cool things, but I, mm-hmm. I can't do commercials. I can't fake things and I can't fake be excited about Clorox. You know, I was just Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were telling me about that. Yeah. How just the like enthusiasm. It just seems so fake to me. Yeah. I can't, I, uh, you make so much money doing commercials. Like, that would be just the best way to make money. Mm-hmm. But I just cannot – I don't know. Like, like my, they used to get calls from people, and they'd be like, we really liked Kelsey, but she was making fun of our product. Like, <laughs> this is not, like, the intention. And, like, yeah. a lot of them are improv-based, like, a lot of oh, commercial okay. auditions. So, like, I think I was on, like, a Kia commercial audition. And it was with some – I mean, obviously someone I didn't know, but 
they were like, you're a new couple and you're like looking for a car. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I mean, what they want you to do is be like, oh, I really like these four doors, you know, and the convertible top is exactly what I wanted. Don't you, you know, but instead I was like, oh, you look great in that car. Like we can put, you can put your other girlfriend there. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I just like, just like, totally like not what they wanted. <laughs> they're like horrified. Like They weren't they're horrified. Like, they were like laughing, but they're like, this is not like the correct. And I don't know why I cannot just straight up just be like Clorox is great and like wipe something mm-hmm, down and mm-hmm. instead I'm just like Clorox is really great and like you know just like, <laughs> faking it I, I don't know do you ever do voice acting where it's just like recording is that what it's called voice acting it's voiceover work voice I, over, I, vo- yeah. I mean I, voice acting is probably correct too um no but I would love to we took a class my senior year of uh, undergrad about kind of voice work and I think it's really cool. It's very, uh, there's like all these different types of voices you learn and like mm-hmm. the soft like chocolate and then, you know, like all this other stuff. But actually a lot of my friends in Dallas work because Funimation is there and so they do a lot of cartoon work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a lot of voiceover work. I don't really know of many places here that do it. I know I have some friends who have dabbled in it, but I think it would be super fun to be in like a cartoon movie or something. Yeah. Amber, who was the producer for the show for the first 27 or so episodes, she did voiceover work. Did she? Yeah, and she gave Matt um, all of these snippets from, I guess it was for like a video game that she did or that she submitted it for. (laughs) And he uses those snippets of like, oh, and ah, this, wow, um, for a lot of his songs that he makes. So I'm I'm always tickled where I'm like, are you using Amber's voice again? (laughs) One of my best friends from undergrad, uh, Carson, she works in um, audiobook and podcast. Oh, yeah. So her company does a lot of like alien fantasy, like, almost like porn-like things. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> She'll yeah. send me, because those romance novels are super, like, the audiobooks for those are super popular. So it's it's paranormal romance, mm-hmm. I want to say is mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. I've but read quite a few of those. Have you? Yeah. Oh, are they good? Yeah. Because I just listened to the, you know, she'll send me little snippets of, like, and then, you know, and it's like, it's, it's the actor trying to say it without laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh I, it's amazing uh, um i don't know that i could do that like i yeah. said when i can't say things like yeah that, I, feel, I feel like i'd be like oh my god do you and your boyfriend sam do creative things together <laughs> i mean is he into you've said that he wasn't really into musicals and he's an engineer so he is creative in just like his own unique way, which is what I love about him. He, um, like he loves coding. He's teaching himself coding. He didn't learn that in school. He wasn't computer science. He was a biomedical engineer major. And he like likes to create websites and like likes to create, like he automated our entire, um, apartment. And like, so we can be like, Hey Google, turn all the lights and Mm -hmm. the lights come on. And, but he like created a whole program just for that. So he is creative. It's just a different type of creative than mm-hmm. me. It's funny. Like, yesterday he went to Ikea. He, like, got all this stuff and he got uh, hanging shelves and kind of, like, created this whole little, like, all these knickknacks to put on it. And it yeah. looked really nice. And I was like, oh, I, how did you think to put all these things together for this? And 
So he does have a creative eye. I yeah. bet you he'd be good at drawing, too. I've never, like, witnessed him doing that. But he's very precise in everything that he does. Interesting. But, but it's no, more of, like, separate Together, creative. we don't really do anything creative. I definitely bring out the more creative side in him. He brings out the more, like, logical side in me. And hmm. it's, it's a nice balance. But neither of us are on either extreme when we're together. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're not like, let's draw and talk about our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. I mean, I've dated actors and, like, had a horrible time because it's just too much. It's too similar. Uh-huh. But you support it in each other. Which yeah, is definitely. Nice. I mean, he is the most supportive. I mean, I'm when I'm in a show, it's ridiculous, my schedule, and he's so sweet and so supportive, and I couldn't ask for, like, a better partner. Good. I love that. Okay, so you're in a show right now, so mm-hmm. let's do a shameless plug. Okay. Well, we haven't started yet, but it's the book club play, and it's uh, directed by Nikki Zook, who is an actor in town, and um, this is her first show that she's actually directing on her own, and I'm super excited to work with her, because I remember at like the auditions and callbacks, she was actually giving acting notes, which doesn't typically happen until you're like in the room. Oh, uh-huh. And, like, really good ones. Like, not, like, do it like this, but, like, what do you think about this? And, like, in ways that, like, really invigorate me as an actor. Um, it's going to be at Santa Cruz Theater, and it runs March 22nd through the 13th. And it's about this group of friends, and they have a book club, and kind of, like, you know, it's, like, about life, love, literature, and all of that. But mostly that, like, everyday normal people have so much going on that you don't know about. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think... <laughs> we haven't started, but I think it'll be good. <laughs> Excellent. And so we will have links to that in the blog post yes. for this episode. Cool. Um, as well as some pictures of Kelsey on stage and some of her plays. And, oh, gosh, if you have any high school play pictures. I do. I totally do. I, I really want those, too. And you'll see my brown hair. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? I would say the emotional explorer. Oh, excellent. It works for (laughs) all of the things. Well, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners. And we hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. Kelsey can be found on stage around Austin a few times a year, using her craft to be in the moment. This can be so elusive when we let things like stress and anxiety pile up. So what creative endeavor allows you to be in the moment? Let us know by going on over to chattycrafties.com, where you'll find pictures, links, and more. Introspective music was by Berm and Swale. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Angelica Norton, right here at Open Envelope Studio. Now, go take a personal health day and go make some art.